Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Just, uh, I'll edit all of that out, obviously. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of do my little intro here that I've typed up, and then uh, uh, I'll get started on the questions, and we'll just kind of go from there. Do you have, like, the little script in front of you? I do, yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lab Medicine's podcast series. My name is Kelly Swales, and I'm the web editor for Lab Medicine. Joining us today is Dr. Lance Williams. He's currently an assistant professor at the University of Alabama at Birmingham in the Department of Pathology and Division of Laboratory Medicine. He's going to talk with us about using ficon-treated red cells to help identify clinically significant alloantibodies. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Williams. Uh, thank you for having me, Kelly. It's, uh, this is an important issue and something that there's a lot of uh, debate on in the in the world of transfusion medicine, and so I thought this might be a helpful podcast to kind of educate everybody kind of how we've used Fison in our our patients and uh, how how it's been beneficial to us. Well, great. Yeah, I think our listeners will uh, derive great benefit from the topic. So, Dr. Williams, what do you see as some of the issues that facing us today regarding antibody detection in the blood bank? Well, Kelly, even as um, blood banking has advanced this technology, um, you know, first we start out with tube testing, then gel, then solid phase, and all sorts of different techniques that we can use to identify antibodies, we still have the problem of patients with undetected antibodies um, out there, you know, especially patients with sickle cell disease that get so many transfusions over their lifetimes. Sometimes antibodies will come and go, and you have the undetected antibodies. Um, and, and especially in this patient population, you have patients that kind of hospital shop or jump from hospital system to hospital system. And as you know, we do not have a national antibody database. Um, and so a patient could go to another hospital that does not know their antibody history. It, the antibodies are not detected on antibody screen or antibody panel and that would be a risk for these patients um, having some type of reaction. Uh, then, of course, you have the antibodies that are known to disappear, or you know, the more fancy term for that is evanesce, such as the antibodies in the kid group system. Uh, what's particularly dangerous about those antibodies is that antibodies in the kid system disappear so that they are undetectable under antibody screen and antibody panel identification. But once a patient gets a kid-positive red cell unit, the antibody rapidly comes back and can lead to either brisk intravascular hemolysis in some rare circumstances or brisk extravascular hemolysis as the antibody rapidly comes back. 
And then the last thing, the kind of hazy area is, um, especially with the gel testing and the solid phase testing, is these kind of nonspecific antibodies that, that we come up with. And, you know, sometimes the question is, well, is that just what's, you know, the, the loose term is gel junk, um, which means it's, it's nothing, it's just some nonspecific reactivity. Or is that actually an antibody that's developing or is kind of weakening that the more sensitive technology is being able to pick up? And the question is, you know, kind of what do we do with, with those antibodies? So those are some of the major things that, that give blood bankers headaches. Yeah, I remember having several of those type of headaches never back in the day whenever I was on the bench. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you speak about the various lab techniques used in blood banking now and how they relate to the problems you just mentioned? Sure. So, you know, um, back, you know, when blood banking was started, you know, the most basic technology, of course, is, is the tube testing. Um, basically, you know, just mixing the, the patient's plasma or serum together um, with um, either, don you know, donor blood or reagent red cells and mixing them together and see if there's a reaction. And, you know, of course, you can do that without enhancement, which is not, not technically done today unless you're just testing for the patient's ABO type. So that's the, that's the most basic method and, you know, kind of the, the least sensitive method. Um, then, as I mentioned before, as we went along and developed our technology, you know, kind of the next step up was the gel testing, uh, which is just a, basically a gel column. And as the, if an antibody or an antigen reaction occurs, as it passes through the gel, it gets trapped. And that's, that was kind of a step up in sensitivity from the tube testing. And then, of course, next we have, you know, the echoes and, or the solid phase testing, which is basically a, a well that has the antigen to antibody reaction. And that's generally considered a little bit more sensitive um, than the, than the gel testing. Um, and then lastly, you know, we have our, our standard enhancement media. So the list, you know, kind of decreases the ionic forces between cells and lets them come together. The PEG kind of dehydrates the samples to achieve the same effect, bring the cells together. And then we talk about, you know, some of our enzymes that we can use, like Fison or Papin, which basically work to kind of uncover some of the more significant antibodies that we can detect. But as, you know, basically as we've moved on from just straight tube testing, what we found is that we're picking up a lot more antibodies, a lot of which we don't know what to do with, but the, the benefit of all that testing is that we're picking up more antibodies that we can identify and then we can give antigen-negative blood for that. So, of course, with, as with everything, there are pluses and po positives and negatives to the technology. So what are some of the dangers of undetected antibodies? I mean, we go through all of this rigmarole to find them, um, but still there's going to be some cases where we don't. Uh, what's some of the dangers of that? Well, just like we you know, talked about before with undetected antibodies and antibodies that evanesce, if you end up then giving the unit that is positive for the antigen for that undetected antibody, then what could happen is you could re-stimulate the immune system and maybe it doesn't happen with the first unit that you gave that was antigen positive, but maybe the second or third, depending on how long the patient is in the hospital, they, that antibody production could ramp up and then the patient could have a hemolytic transfusion uh, reaction after that. Um, and just like I talked about with, you know, the kid antibodies, if that antibody has evanesced and then has a rapid return, 
then you're truly at a risk for potentially severe hemolytic transfusion reaction, um, which of course, you know, extends the patient's hospitalization, leads to increased healthcare costs, um, and just complicates the, the patient's um, overall treatment plan. What has your hospital done to uh, increase the detection rate of antibodies? Because obviously, as you just said, it's, it's bad if they're undetected. So how are you increasing the, the detection rate? Um, well, and that's what the, you know, kind of the main uh, purpose of this call was to um, talk about basically our FISEN protocol that, that we developed. Um, many, you know, many people are not a big fan of, of FISEN because of some things that we'll talk about later. But basically, we said, okay, we we get that you know FISEN protocols can be a little bit more complicated. So our idea, um, which can be seen in our, our um, article in Lab Medicine, um, was to simplify it and kind of minimize the cost and time associated with it. So at our hospital, we actually start off with a fairly sensitive screening method. We use a gel screening here. If that's positive, then what we do is we actually move on to a PEG screening method to see if there's any equivalency between those two. So if the PEG screen is negative or not consistent with the gel screen, then we actually move on to doing a full gel panel. Again, we want to stick with the most sensitive method if there's not uh, equivalency between the gel and the PEG screen. Then if the gel panel is negative or there's a non-specific pattern there, then that's when we will actually move on to do a Fison-treated gel panel and try to identify some of those kind of non-specific antibodies in there. And you go back up to the protocol, if the PEG screen is positive and consistent with the gel screen, then we're just we're not going to mess around with the FISEN. We're going to just go to a PEG panel and try to identify the antibody like that. So try to you know use those results to limit the use of FISEN. So we're not using FISEN on um, every every patient. We're limiting it to the patients where we actually feel that there will be some benefit to it. So, you know, basically, you know, what, what does Fison do in general? Basically, Fison kind of cleaves some, some antigen sites so that it uncovers um, ones that we are actually, could be cl more clinically significant. And actually, you know, the blood bank guy, he, he comes up with a, a funny little mnemonic, and that is, Lewis is a rotten peeing kid. And that tells you that what Fison enhances is Lewis, I, ABO, RH, T antigen, and KID. Now, what Fison destroys is actually the Duffy and the MNS group, and what Fison does not affect is the Kell blood group system. And so those are the things that you have to keep in mind when you're actually interpreting the results of a Fison panel. Now, like I talked about before, there are, you know, those who, who argue against using Fison, and that's and some of these are the reason we developed our protocol the way we did. Of course, if you're using Fison, that's something that you have to purchase. Um, so there's a cost associated with it. Um, the other thing is um, people say, well, one, it takes time to produce Fison-treated cells, and then it takes tech time to do this extra step of doing the actual Fison protocol. But the, you know, kind of the those are, those are the reasons we developed the protocol we do, the way we did. We wanted to try to limit the use of FISEN and limit the effect of cost and time on the hospital system. I think that 
the uh, you mentioned the tech time factor and not just the, the cost in terms of reagents and such, but yeah, the, the tech time issue is is a big um, potential downside to using this protocol. What would you say that your specific protocol overcomes or works to overcome the argument against it? Like, what would you say to someone if, if they said, but it's too expensive, and you would say, well, it is, but... Oh, yeah. So I think the, the first smart move that we made, or, or what's actually become available, is we were able to actually use uh, commercially prepared fison-treated cells. So you no longer have to take the time to produce the, the fison-treated cells yourself. And then I think the second big thing we did was, you know, like I said, in, in kind of the algorithm or the protocol, is we limited the, um, the antibodies of undetermined significance or the nonspecifics um, the FISEN protocol to those not identified by PEG or tube testing. So if the gel screen and the PEG screen kind of agreed, we just went ahead and used the PEG panel to do our, our antibody identification. But it was really only in those where they disagreed um, that the FISEN-treated uh, uh, gel panel became a possibility. So you guys, um, you and your team public, recently published a, a paper in lab medicine kind of about your protocol. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the results of what the results you've seen using your FISEN uh, protocol? Yeah, sure. So um, basically we just um, limited, this was actually one of our um, fellow Ben Hills projects, and so because of the limited time frame of his, his fellowship, um, we limited our study to a three-month time frame, but you remember we're at a huge university um, system here, and you know we do thousands and thousands and thousands of antibody screens and antibody panels per year. So we looked over a three-month time frame and used the FISEN treatment protocol on 97 samples. Um, the big thing from that is we were able to identify 25 new alloantibodies that would have otherwise been missed if we weren't using our FISEN protocol. Um, but, you know, the thing we go back to talking about, you know, what's the cost on the tech time or the overall workload, that really only equates to a little over one FISEN panel performed per day during the study period. And also important, the majority of the new alloantibodies discovered were going to be clinically significant antibodies. Um, most of them were in the RH and the kid uh, blood group systems. I, I, uh, I would say that's potentially significant findings. Uh, yeah. what, do you think, what do you think has been the overall effect of your protocol in terms of patient care? Well, um, you know, whenever you're kind of finding more things that could be important to the patient, I think basically, you know, we've made transfusions safer at our hospital, um, especially considering, you know, that we are kind of in Alabama, we're kind of the major medical center, I mean, and we're right in the center of Alabama, and so all the difficult cases come to us, you know, let's say a uh, sickle cell patient is in crisis and they need a red blood cell exchange, well, those people are all going to come to us because we're one of the few centers that do apheresis procedures in the state of Alabama. Um, so I think, you know, because we have these patients that may come with little to no history, you know, we have truly made transfusion safer at our hospital. And, you know, one of the major things that's contributed to that is including, you know, FISEN in our workups. 
Um, at the same time, you know, we have minimized the financial burden by limiting the Fison protocol to a smaller number of specimens that we test each month, and by using that um, those pretreated uh, Fison cells in our protocols. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Williams, for taking the time to uh, talk about this for our listeners today. I think they're going to find it very informative. Yes, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. All right. I think uh, I think we're probably pretty good there. How how do you feel about it? I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think I do like having kind of the script worked up. I kind of deviate from the questions a little bit to try and kind of sound, make it sound a little bit more natural. But <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but no, I think I think this is going to be pretty good. And like I said, I'm working from home today, and every time I started talking, my cat was like, hey, what are you talking <laughs> I thought I might have heard that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, oh, you're talking into the phone. Maybe I will too. Meow, meow. So <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, I, I appreciate you contacting me. Uh, I think this is a, a cool idea. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just uh, – Go ahead and extend sort of an open invitation. If there's anything, uh, ever anything you you feel a burning urge to podcast about, or if uh, you've got a paper coming up in lab medicine or something that I maybe am not aware of, go ahead. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out and just let me know. Okay, thanks, Kelly. Okay, I hope you have a good weekend. Yes, you too. Rest up. All right. Bye. Bye bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.